We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. And as we're worshiping, the scripture dropped in my heart. You know how we say the battle is the Lord's? Yeah? You know how God tells Moses, stand still and see. Because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. You know how sometimes, I, I began to realize that as Christians, sometimes we think that because the battle is the Lord's, the Lord fights. He doesn't fight. He just wins. Are you sure you heard what I just said? For someone to fight means he must have a worthy adversary. The opposite of God is not Satan. He has no opposite. Did you hear what I just said? God does not have an opposite. He does not have a worthy adversary. There is nobody that is qualified to join a fight with God. Proverbs 21, 22, what's that scripture, right? Proverbs 21, we put it up when we're praying. Let's look at it again. That's not the scripture, but yeah, Proverbs 21, 30. New King James. I like how he says there is no wisdom or understanding. I can't tell. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves together against the Lord, against his anointed. Say, come, let us break their bands asunder. But the Lord shall laugh at them. Why do the heathen? Rage. Why do the people imagine a thing, thing? The kings of the earth take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. Have you found it? Yes, I'm too. Verse 3, same. Verse 3, thank you. Let us break their bands asunder let us cast away their cords from us. Next verse. But he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. And he shall have them in derision. His God shall laugh like he's drunk. That's what that word means. Next verse. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. God has no worthy adversary. The psalmist says, Arise, O God, 
and let your enemies be scattered. Doesn't say arise and fight, O oh God. So arise, enemies scatter. Uh, um, Isaiah 64, I believe, was one. All that thou, am I right? All that thou would rend, scriptures are just jumping out of my head. All that thou would rend the heavens, I think it's 64. Is it? Yeah, 64 verse 1. All that thou would rend the heavens, New King James. All that thou would come down, that the mountains may shake at your appearing. The mountains may shake at your presence. God, you call God, God answers present and the heavens and the earth quakes. You know when they call you and you say present my in class. Present sir. You call Yahweh and he says yes my child. God, God just answered him present. The mountains are quaking. Who can win an argument against him? Next verse. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil. To me. To make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. Verse 4. For when, when you did all some things for which verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4 skip. For since the beginning, from the beginning to the end, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard or perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. I've said that before, if the devil is troubling you, you have not found your place in God. Tonight, every argument must die. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. Because there's no place for argument. In 1st Kings, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 Baals of, of, of prophets of Asherah, 850 men, they shouted from morning till evening. Elijah said, shout louder. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's away. Maybe he's on a journey. He can't hear you. Shout louder. They caught themselves and King James says, as was their custom. They were used to, their, their mode of worship and praise and prayer was to cut themselves until they bled. As was their custom. Find it. Put it on the screen. First Kings 18. 18. Uh, from verse 27. No, from 28. Okay, 27. And so it was a new Elijah mocked them and said, Cry out loud, for he is a God. Surely. It was being sarcastic. You know? After all, you say, <laughs> You have a God. Either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. You want to argue with him now? You want to argue? Cry. Next verse. So they cried aloud and caught themselves. What's the next line? You know how sometimes we, we tell a story and we miss the details? These guys did it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's how they caught themselves, trying to get their God to respond. And the challenge was simple. Let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. And then it's Elijah's case with the holy arrogance that he has. It's his turn. He says, fetch water. Pour water on the sacrifice. Find the verse. Pour water. Let water fill. Let water soak the sacrifice. So you will not say we cheated. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? 
he puts wood on them in order, cut the bowl in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Somebody say on the wood. Mm. There's no place for argument. And he said, do it a second time. And he did a second time. And he said, do it a third time. Next verse. So the water ran all around the altar. There was a trench that was built usually around altar. So that when the fat of animals bled from the sacrifice, it collected in the trench. The trench was full of water. And Elijah just called on the name of the Lord. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. And I am your servant and that I have done all the things at your word. Next verse. This is what the scripture I wanted to share. Hear me, O God, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God. Next verse. <laughs> then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the bond sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. place for argument he doesn't need your help to be God yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. there's no place for argument when I when I sing I don't just pick songs because they're the new songs I come into the revelation of what the guy is saying there's no place for argument Fire is burning wood and stones and dust. First Samuel chapter 5. That's the scripture that dropped in my heart. You will see how God doesn't fight. He just wins. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't fight. He just wins. Don't insult God and say, God, arise and fight for me. Don't do that. 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 He just, he just, he just wins. He doesn't fight. First Samuel five. <laughs> then the Philistines took the ark of God, almost one, and brought it from. A Philistines kidnapped. They tried to kidnap God. Because the ark was symbolic, symbolic of God's presence, literal presence. And previous chapters, you see that they, they kidnapped it and they felt like, okay, now that we have kidnapped their God, we have won the argument. They brought the ark from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Next verse. Please walk with me very quickly. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Their God was Dagon. And that, that God was bigger than this building. Dagon was at least six stories tall. He was not a small God. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, Ashdod is the first city, right? There was Dagon falling on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. 
So they took Dagon and set him in his place. Imagine a God that men are helping to stand. God, sorry, yeah? You fell? Let us arrange you properly. Sorry, yeah? Sorry. Sorry. How can you just fall? It didn't fall in an accidental way. It fell flat. And that is a posture of worship. It's a posture of an inferior being understanding and endorsing the power past power. It didn't just crumble and fall accidentally so you can blame it on an earthquake. Are you following me? Or blame it? No, no, no. There was Dagon falling on its face before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon, God, sorry, yeah, and set it in his place again, verse 4. And when they arose early in the next morning, no, you don't understand. Go, go back to verse 3. They, they think we're still on the same verse. When the people of Ashdod arose, this is the first one, right? There was Dagon. So they set him back in his place again. Somebody say one. Verse four. When they arose early, the next morning, the third morning now, there was Dagon falling on his face to the ground. This time the Lord cut off the palms of his hands and left only Dagon's torso. You don't understand. This time around, when the thing fell in worship, God amputated the palms and only his torso was left. He was caught in the, through, through the waist. Next verse. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon, nor any who come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold, the area in front of the altar, of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. Please, who won this argument? Who won this argument? Is there a place for an argument? God didn't do anything. They kidnapped him. And even the kidnapped presence could walk the supernatural. Even the kidnapped presence could walk the supernatural. It landed in the house of Obedidom later by mistake. Because Uzzah stretched out and touched the ark. By mistake, it landed in the house of Obedidom. Who understood how to find the presence. According to Bible history, according to Bible history, it's not in the Bible, but it's in Bible history. Obedidom lit a fire in the room where he put the ark in his house. And day and night, he stood there fanning the fire. He understood there's a way to respond to this presence to make it work. So he sensitized his sons and set a fire in the room in his house where the ark was. And he made sure day and night the fire did not go out. Three months, you couldn't recognize Obed-Edom again. Three months, God blessed Obed-Edom and the king became jealous. And it 
was told the king saying this is what has happened to Obed Edom God has so blessed him in the three months that the ark has been there David got jealous he said let us go and carry the ark now next verse verse 6 but the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod and he ravaged them and stopped them with tumors both Ashdod and his territory next verse and when the men of Ashdod saw how it was they said the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us for his hand is harsh towards us and Dagon our God keep going so they sent and gathered themselves and all the lots of Philistines and said what shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel and they answered let the ark of Israel be carried away to God next city right so they carried the ark of God to Israel away. Next verse. So it was, after they had carried it away, that the hand of the Lord was against the city of Gath with a very great destruction and he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and two most broke out on them. Next verse. Therefore, the Gathans, hello, <laughs> the, the Gathatians, the Gathites, sent the ark on to Ekron. Listen. So it was when the ark of God came to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out saying, they have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us to kill us. <laughs> and now people, next verse. So they sent and gathered all the Lord, say, send away the ark of God. Let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. You see where uninspired heathen men start saying, this their God is a righteous God. Oh. So add an offering for atonement. Add two gold and two moss to represent one for everything. And put it on a fresh cart with fresh wood. And call oxen that have never been hewn. To send unbelievers began to understand how to respond to the presence. Send it on its way. Then they said, if it goes straight in the way of there, we know that it was God that was dealing with us. And please find it. I don't have time. Find it. It's there in chapter 5 or chapter 6. And, as, and the Bible says, as they put it, the ark lowing and mowing as they went, the, the donkeys, the, whole, the, the cows rather, were singing praise and facing straight to Israel with the ark on it. And then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway doing what? The cows were lowing as they went and did not turn aside to the right or left. Cows knew the direction of the presence. Last week I showed you that this glory was the end of what was fading. Christians, uh, in the old dispensation, God was winning arguments like this. In this dispensation, he had not nailed it to the cross yet. He had not embarrassed them publicly yet. Hello? But he won arguments squarely. Turn to your neighbor and ask them with a very strong face, how much more now? Galatians 2.14 How much more now? Colossians, Colossians. 
much more now having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross 15 having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in the old covenant what day I will teach you in the old covenant they carried the ark in which was the presence they carried the container that contains the presence stay with me now you know what I said they carried the ark inside of which was the presence in between the cherubim at the mercy seat in this new and living way we don't carry the container that carries the presence we carry the presence oh no you didn't get what i just said you didn't get, you didn't get what i you, you didn't get it you didn't get it you get They couldn't even touch it. They had people on poles that stretched to carry it. But then we are it. Mm. Let me arrange this God. God, sorry, yeah? Let's put it back in its place. Okay, let me leave it to do that. So I put it in its place. Set it in its place again. This is how they were doing the gun. <laughs> we don't carry the container that carries the presence. We carry the presence. So that's why we are called. Does anybody get what I'm saying? They carried what carried. We carry him. Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If an ark in which was a small fraction of the cupboard, the glory, could mess up people like that, how much more us in whom is the fullness of the Godhead bodily? Oh, I wish Christians would catch this thing I'm saying. I wish, I wish, I wish, sometimes I wish I could open your heart with a knife and put the reality of this word in it. If just a fraction, a minute, negligible fraction of an act in an era that did not include grace could defend the name of God like that, how much more now? As the message is ending, I think that's the title. How much more now? <laughs> How much more now? Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? No, I tell them, like, really, like, really, really, really. Do you, like, really, do you know who you are? Like, really. 
ask them, do you know whose you are? realization you don't need path to pray for you to go for a job interview did you hear what I just said oh, pray for me why do you know who you are not what we have tamed you in church to become who he paid for you to be you know who church has made you is different from who Christ paid for you to be this is not what Christ paid for I've come again. This is not what Christ paid for. This, this is not what he paid for. And I say to myself as well every day. This is not what he paid for. Do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? There's no place, there is no place for arguments. There's none. There's no. Because it's what you tolerate that will amplify. Yes. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. It is what you tolerate that will amplify. It's no place. It's no place for argument. God is waiting for you to put him to the test. Yeah. Do you understand? He's waiting for you to try him. Don't confront your position with your situation. Consult, con confront your situation with your position. Did you hear what I said? Don't confront your position in Christ with your temporal situation. Con con confront your situation with your position. How much more now? How much more now? Our problem is a faith problem. It's not a God problem. It's not a God problem. It's a faith problem. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Show you. something if a door remains closed in your life it's because they are carving the bigger one do you understand the door is closed because that door cannot contain you life is carving a bigger door your size that's the only time that doors are permitted to be shut in your life time otherwise as I said before you a door that no man can shut do you, do, you, do you know who you are we fret and crying oh holy ghost oh, oh Jesus help me oh, oh father do you, do you stop embarrassing the cross stop there's nothing you didn't pay for made the heavens and the earth by that outstretched power is anything is anything 
Is anything too hard for you? There was Dagon falling flat on his face before the Lord God of Israel. Dagon was falling flat before a little teeny weeny glory. Yeah? Teeny weeny glory that was passing. And you carry a glory that is not absolute. You carry a glory that is progressive. In other words, there is no limit to the degree of glory you can carry. Because 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are becoming in that same image from glory to glory. One translation in our Bible study said from one degree of glory to another. So you are more gloried today than you were yesterday. Hello. And tomorrow has its own glory. How much more? How much more? Tell your neighbor how much more. How much more? How much more? Tell the other person how much. How much more now? How much more now? How much? How much more now? Much more now. How much more now? They, they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. We're going to stand, but please, oh, see, I've done it here before once, and there were testimonies. Remember when I said here, I said, "Be careful how you stand." Do you remember how many of you were here? You can't remember. <laughs> That scripture says they are brought down and falling, but we are risen and stand upright. So as you rise, you are, you are rising and standing. You know how with Pav, most times, because Pav doesn't wear suits, and Pav doesn't have one bodyguard here, and one bodyguard here. So if you have a hard time believing that the Pav is a man of God, <laughs> and I love it. I love it because only the discerning of spirit can drink from this well. <laughs> Where do you see in scripture that you, to, to be anointed he must wear a suit? Show me. The anointing is in how you dress. You we, we can't be graced and swagged. I, I shall apologize to you. says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, in unlikely vessels, in vessels that otherwise will not be considered worthy of anything. And it makes it clear so that the excellency may be of God. There's a way I can show up that you will know that you will feel like ah, this one, the way he shows up, he must be anointed. And the excellency is no more of God. Do you understand? There's a way that I will arrive and go people of God. I've just flown 17 hours from Australia to be at this meeting tonight. I was in Australia for three weeks, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God. And before I was in Australia, I was in Canada for two weeks, in Ontario precisely. And before I was in Canada, I was in the United States of America for two weeks. You're, have you not seen it before? 
and while I was in my hotel room in the Transcorp Hotel or in the Hilton Hotel in Ontario, Canada, the Lord spoke to me. He was like, come. Right there in my seat in the business class of Emirates Air. The Lord opened my eyes. Why would you open your eyes? But when you are in Ecom in that guest house, he doesn't open your eyes. Apologies to those of you from Ecom. of a sudden your psyche is like oh come on you flew 70 hours for this meeting ah there must be something in this for me and then we activate familiar spirits activate familiar spirit. so me when you expect me to be like this I will go like that they came to arrest Jesus who had been among them for three years and they couldn't tell the difference between Jesus and Peter Judas had to kiss Jesus Judas told them the one whom I kiss him shall you arrest if Judas had kissed James the son of Zebedee they would have picked him because they all looked alike if he kissed Bartholomew they would have arrested Bartholomew and gone and crucified him he had to take a kiss to identify Jesus because he was like them of like passion they picked up stones to stone him when he said today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing when he says before Abraham I was and the Bible says he melted among the crowds and left how could he have melted among the crowds if he was wearing crocodile skin shoes 40,000 naira cologne police dog somebody carrying his iPad somebody carrying his Bible four piece suit you just come in and just look that's the pastor. <laughs> and that's it. And that's a visiting bishop <laughs> with the handkerchief complete. That's a visiting visiting bishop. And then they look at you and they say, No, this one, nah, I can't. Nah. No, this is the technical department. Yeah, I can't be. It can't be, it can't be, it can't be a pastor, it can't be anointed, it can't be. What can he be carrying? Now, sometimes people walk into atmospheres like this and they can't wrap their head around the fact that God is no respecter of you. But just like we are in his image and we know who we are, we know who is whose we are. I am not trying to prove my ministry to you. Uh, the whole room went quiet. I'm not trying to get you to endorse whether or not I'm a man of God. You didn't call me. And then you were not there when you called me. So what's my own? But in the heart of it, in the mouth of everyone God calls is prosperity. That's fine. If you go past and see. So when I look at more sessions, people are like, oh, Pav, you know, no, no, hi, hi, how you doing, you know? And then you get fooled. 
you forget when God is passing right by your face because because he's wearing a hoodie and you can't deal because your version of God is a God that dresses in a particular way the version of God is one that wears the big big crucifix they are brought down and fallen but we are risen and stand upright if you understand that statement rise and then lift your hands and declare that I am risen and I stand upright say it declare it. 30 seconds I'm, I'm risen and I stand upright and don't, don't bow your head right now don't bow your head keep your head up keep your chin up Keep your chin up. Speak to the argument. Tell it, I am risen and I stand upright. I'm risen. I'm risen. I am 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 risen and I stand upright. I am risen. There is no place for arguments. There's no place for arguments. I am risen. I am risen and I stand upright. Father, I declare for everybody in this prophetic atmosphere under the sound of my voice that has any iota of faith. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.